0: All right, this is our second week of the shell game, but we're going back to the same scripture. Is that okay? We're going to start at the beginning of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to talk, talk about growing again today. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It, it is no trouble for me to write the same thing to you. I think I started those slides on verse 3, so that's fine. So just, just remember Paul saying that it's no trouble to write the same thing to you. He's like kind of reiterating something he's already told him. It's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, evildoers, manipulators of the flesh. All right, then I think my notes will pick up here. For it is we who are the circumcision. Don't freak out about that. I'll explain it to you here in a second. We who serve God by a spirit who boasts in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Don't you love people like that? (laughs) Oh, you want to brag about something? He goes on to verse 5. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Man, that is a a mindset change for the ages. Verse 7, underline it, highlight it. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. For the sake of Christ, what is more, I consider everything a loss because it's the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, it will transform our lives right in this very moment if we allow it. I pray that your Holy Spirit would dig deep into us. Change our thinking. Grow us today and start a process in our lives where we never stop. Let us be close to you today, Lord. In Christ's name, and everyone said, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Now, we, we started talking last week about the shell game and picking the right shell and all these things. I want to talk to you about kind of growing out of your shell a little bit today. If you walk the beach very often, you see um, horseshoe crab shells that float up on the beach. You know, the first thing you think about is, oh, the poor little horseshoe crab died. And uh, But those things are freaky looking, aren't they? It's like a medieval like shield or some floats up on the beach, the issue is ninety percent of those horseshoe crab shells that float up on the beach aren 't an indication of death it 's an indication of new life because a horseshoe crab has to shed its shell very often in the beginning of its life. It actually has to put off the shell it 's in in order to grow, and so it, it molts into another shell and a lot of things in our, in our lives, or a lot of things on the earth do that. Snakes do that, which that's probably not a great example. But snakes do that, right? That's how you go down in your, like if you live in an older house, you go down in your basement, you say, see a snake skin, and then you don't sleep for six months. You're like, what is that? Well, that's a good indication the snake you did have in your basement is now bigger. And you should be more concerned about that than just having a snake in your basement. You should be concerned that, wow, that thing's growing and uh, it's going to kill us all in our sleep. And that's what it's going to do. It is an anaconda and it will choke your baby to death, right? That's what you think. You're like, it's a snake. It's not coming upstairs very often. <laughs> Reptiles do it, shed their skin. Hermit crabs. crabs put off one shell for another. It's a, it's a pattern of growth. Now, Paul here is talking about this pattern of growth. He does start out with some very strong statements. He said, hey, listen, I've written to you about this before. I don't have a problem reiterating. It's for your safety. It's for your good. He said, be, be careful. Be, be Watch out for certain type of people. He calls them dogs, evildoers, and mutilators of the flesh mutilators of the flesh. Think of that. Those are extreme terms, aren't they? What Paul realized, or what was happening in that time, was that the gospel had gone to the Gentiles. The gospel, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about Peter's interaction um, with Cornelius and how the gospel went out past the Jewish nation for the first time and, and, and the apostles realized, wow, this thing's bigger than just the Jews and God is redeeming all of mankind. And so Paul took up that mantle and pressed forward uh rapidly uh, to advance the gospel to the Gentile nations. And he's writing the Philippians because, he's addressing this because there were people called Judaizers which believed First of all, we're saved by grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone, right? Just we're on the same page. You're like, nah, you got to accept Christ and do 40 push-ups and then he then he takes you. <laughs> now well, that seems absurd, but what was happening then was the Judaizers were coming along to Gentiles and say, no, if you really want to believe, be a follower of Christ, he was a Jew, so you have to do all the Jewish things. So now you're a 40-year-old man and you have to be circumcised. Be like, I I don't need that church. I don't need that church. I'm going to roll up to my last church. You guys start talking about circumcision at 40, I'm out. Like, I'm not doing it. I'll pray at home, I'll start a home church (laughs) where we don't do all that. (laughs) Could you imagine Paul coming and preaching faith in Christ alone? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be baptized, and you will be saved. And then a guy coming running in behind him going, Nope, you've got to follow all the Jewish traditions, all the Jewish law, the oral traditions, and you have to be circumcised. So Paul is writing to Philippians saying, Hey, listen, I'm writing to, I'm addressing this again because I want to make sure you understand. It is Jesus, it's Him alone. And there can be no confidence in this flesh that we have. So he's he's saying that that salvation is through faith and all these other things are designed to give you, to to try, to try to make you whole through works, through things that you do. So I'm circumcised, so I'm right with God now. I, I'm following the law, so I'm right with God now. And what Paul is preaching is not that. He's saying that our righteousness is as filthy rags. He's saying there's nothing righteous that we can do to earn God, earn salvation. So he's trying to split it and realize that what they're asking you to do is not what God is asking you to do. And they're adding to the gospel. So don't do that. But what he does is he turns in the conversation and he says, have no confidence in the flesh. All these things are are are, are trying to give you confidence. Well, I'm a good person because I followed the rules. He's saying, don't have any confidence in the flesh. Uh, we can't brag about it. But if we were going to brag, do you love somebody at a party like that? You're having dinner. Everybody's hanging on the deck. It's like, man, I hate bragging. But if I was, if I was going to brag, it will be good. Because I'm, I'm good. I'm about as good as they come. So Paul says, it's funny how he could leave things out, but he doesn't. And, and, and he's, he's right on that line of going, well, well, I have more reason to brag than you do about confidence in the flesh. And if I was going to brag about it, this is what I would say. I would say I was circumcised on the eighth day. Now, the funny part about that is that had nothing to do with Paul. How many eight-day-year-old boys going, hey, I'm ready in the hospital? Oh, why is he crying? Oh, he wants circumcised. Oh, isn't that cute? (laughs) Bring him up here. Yeah, we'll make it happen. So that really didn't have anything to do with Paul, but he was saying, if I wanted to brag, I've got the lineage to brag about. I came from the right people. I came from the right. I came from the right family. I came from the right tribe. And then he starts to go into what he was good at. Hey, I was as zealous as anybody. I was. I was as as excited about the law as anyone ever. And and I, I, I came up from the right family and the right tribe and the right people. I was the right race. I was the right everything to be confident to be to be to have confidence in who I was. And and I came up through the right deal. And I was doing the right things. As far as the law as a Pharisee, I kept them as better than anybody else. As far as zeal, I persecuted anyone that didn't believe like we believed. I persecuted the church, as a matter of fact. I have a lot of confidence. You know, the thing about the thing about our current shell we're living in is that we built it. You know, that, that's, the, that's the nice thing about the show you live in. It's your handiwork, right? Paul says, I've got all these reasons to be confident about who I was, to be confident about what I was doing. And, and he's saying, man, I built this thing. Come on, there, there's something about being a man that you like, that I, I, I like, about being able to step away and go, man, I made that happen. I built that, right? I put my boots on in the morning and I got up and I built it with these hands. I built it. And what we find out is the shell, the current, the current thing that we're in right now, oftentimes is built by our own hands, isn't it? Paul's saying, Paul's saying, if you want to have confidence in the flesh and what you're capable of doing and all these things, like, I I got more reason to be uh, proud about this than anybody. I built it up. I went to the extreme with it. I, I made, and, and you know what the neat thing is about shells? You can pick up a, uh, one of those conch shells on the, on the seashore and you can pick it up and you can look at it. And, and I look at them oftentimes and I go, how in the world did that thing happen? How did it happen? How a little brainless mollusk or whatever make that beautiful, intricate, there's all these colors in it, which I really don't know what they are because I'm colorblind, so it's probably more, it's probably prettier to you than me, because it's kind of dull. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, all these colors, and then the shape of it, and then the little, like, how? So intricate, it's so, it's so perfect, it, 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 it just, it's I actually baffles me sometimes. How, how does it get made? How, and, and, and what happens in our lives, the, the shell, you could say that we're currently living in, we, we have spent time on it, haven't we? Like, there's some intricacies to your life right now that, that you've developed over time and, 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 and then they work all together and, and everything's fitting in place and, and, and we take pride in it. It's like, man, this is where I'm living right now. It is awesome. It is, it is wonderful. And we get a bit comfortable right there, don't we? And, and not only do we get comfortable, we get, we can get boastful about it. Look at, look at my shell. I spent a lot of time on this thing. It's way better than the shell down the street. Come, come, come and visit me. I'll, I'll, I'll let you see all the, all the time and effort I put into building this thing. I mean, it's unbelievable. Not that I would boast about it, but if I did, Look at all this stuff. Ah, man, I, I mean, I just wove it all together and it's a beautiful shell and it's where I'm living right now and it's, it's a circumstance I'm in and it's just great and, and, and not that I would brag about it, but if I were to brag about it. And look at, look at how awesome it is. And we build this intricate shell around our lives. The thing about the shell that we build around our lives, it was only meant for a season. It's like, It's like living in a hotel forever and then throw four kids on top of it. Anybody ever been in a hotel room vacation with three kids? I mean, there ain't enough Benadryl on the planet to make that fun. You know what I'm saying? All of you just looked at me like, oh my goodness, he gives his kids Benadryl? (laughs) Only when they were young. i got a doctor sitting right in front of me dialing CPS right now. (laughs) Well, we'll see him next week. Um, The thing that will make you comfortable in one season will restrict you in the next. The shell that you thought was permanent is actually keeping you from doing what God called you to do in this season. So we have a shell of confidence. Hey, can I can I give you another shell? Because I'm, I think there are some confident people in here. I've met a few of you. Pretty confident. I also think there's just as much, just as many people here with a shell of insecurity. And if you read scripture, there was just as many insecure people as there was confident people. There was just as many people in scripture that went, Lord, I can't do this. You're crazy. I'm reminded of Moses, 40 years on the backside of the desert, farming his father-in-law's sheep, and he sees a, sees a bush that's burning but not being consumed, and that's strange even in Africa, that's strange. Even though they have brush fires nonstop in the summer, this bush is not being burned up. So it wasn't that he saw a bush on fire, that was just everyday deal. It was that, whoa, this thing's burning and not being consumed, so he goes over to it, And then he's standing in front of it like, whoa, it's not big. Then he hears a voice, take off your shoes. This is holy ground you're standing on. Okay, two weird things in once. I'm taking my shoes off. We're going to figure out. Then God starts to instruct him on what he's going to do to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And what does Moses say? I'm so confident in the ability you've given me. Done. No, he says, I don't know. You got the right guy. He actually argued; it got to the point that it made God angry with him standing there in front of the bush. This, this, um, this almost insecure confidence. I know I can't do it. I know it's not me. I know uh, Moses. Is like, wow, well, man, I, you know, I just, I'm just back here. I just made this shell for myself over the last forty years, herding these sheep. You can tell him pretty good at it. Did you smell me when I walked up to the bush. I mean, it's. I've been doing this a long time, and uh, I'm just. I'm confident that I can't do it. I'm confident in my inability. I'm confident in my insecurity. And by the way, not only do I not know anything about leading people, because all I've been doing is leading sheep, I can't even talk right. Don't you love it when God gives you two reasons to not be confident? Two reasons to be insecure. Maybe I'm from the wrong family, the wrong heritage, growing up in the wrong place, and now I've got a speech impediment. And now I know God can't use me. We see this in Gideon's life. The angel comes to Gideon. God wants to deliver his people. And the angel comes to Gideon and says, hey, mighty warrior. And Gideon goes, "Uh, pardon me? And there's this dialogue between between Gideon where Gideon is over and over again telling him why he can't do it. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah. That belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. He was so scared he was doing the job in the wrong place. He was hiding from the enemy. Can I just say this? Any time that you're operating in fear, it's going to cause your work to be more difficult. It's going to cause everything to be more difficult. So when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." His response, verse 13, pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us the hand of Midian. See the shell Gideon was living in? I know that God did it back then, but I don't think he can do it again. And so Gideon had built this shell. It's pretty intricate, this life he was living, hopelessness, fear. This isn't going to happen. This is where we are. Now, God's talking to me. I'm even arguing with him about my future. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, pardon me? my Lord. He said, what you talking about, Willis? (laughs) Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? Watch this. Some of you have built this shell around you right here. Watch. Watch his response. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. So he's saying the exact opposite of what Paul just said wrote to the Philippians. Paul says, I came from the right people. I studied the right stuff. I did the right things. As far as the law, I was a Pharisee. I was perfect. I was faultless in obeying it. And Gideon built the exact opposite shell around him. He said, I'm from the weakest clan and I'm the least in my family. You see, whatever you have confidence in is what you find your identity. And you can have confidence in insecurity, insecurity, And you can have confidence in your own ability. Either way, it will become the identity that you're living in. Paul said, man, I had all kinds of reasons to boast. Gideon said, I have no reason to boast. But they were both confined to those two shells. Gideon was confined to the shell of his inability to believe he could do anything. And Paul was confined to the shell of, I got this, I don't need anybody's help. And either way. It's a shell that you can't grow in. It's a shell that you need to crawl out of, and allow God to take you into a new shell. So what happens? Paul has a mindset shift. He he did not say that what happened before that he didn't. He never considered it again. He said, "Whatever I considered a gain, I now count it as what." A loss so he didn't say I always looked at this as a loss no he said I at one time considered this the right thing I one time considered this again I one time considered this advancement I one time considered this great but now compared to the compared to the greatness of knowing Christ I'm gonna call that a loss so here's what happens we get into the shell that we're currently in and the issue is, is when we first get in it it's spacious Just just move around. You got friends. And they're like, oh yeah, your life's terrible. Mine is too. This feels so good. We got room to stretch. Oh man, it's awesome being miserable together. Or... Or with people who are like, man, we don't need any help. We could kill it. You're like, yeah, I love it. I love it. I don't need, I don't need God. I don't need anything else. I don't need, I could do this myself. And you get in that shell and you're just stretching out. You've got a sofa in there and you're relaxing. The problem is, is that same shell that feels spacious at the beginning will end up being your tomb. Can you imagine a hermit crab or a, or a horseshoe crab that never crawls out of a shell? Have you ever seen a picture? Of a baby horseshoe crab. They're just itsy beatsy teeny-weeny. They're only like this big. That mammoth thing that rolled up on the beach and scared you in front of your kid when you thought you were tough. Walking down the beach with the old four-year-old, like, what is that? That thing started out about this big. But it was willing to admit when it was growing too much for its current situation. And I don't want to get too far ahead. We're going to talk about this next week. But a horseshoe crab has a moment of vulnerability when it goes, God is calling me beyond what I believe about myself to what he wants me to be. And so that's going to require me putting off this intricate thing I've built, putting off how even though it's a beautiful shell, even though there's maybe nothing wrong with the shell in and of itself, but he's called me to different things. He called me to better things. So I'll crawl out from under that shell and I'll go to wherever he's called me to be, whatever he's called me to do, wherever he's called me to go, I'll go. So what happens? Paul has this mindset shift and he said, I considered all those things gains back then. Yeah, I did. But now for the sake of growing in Christ, I won't hold those things up. I'll consider them a loss now. Now I will throw that shell of my life off to grow into the next shell. And the beautiful thing about getting in the next shell is that there's more space again. You'll figure out a freedom that you haven't had in years. That you don't have to be insecure all the time. That you don't have to be overly confident all the time in front of everybody. But you can grow out of that shell. You can say, God, you're calling me to grow. I'll get out of that shell and I'll move into the shell that you want. And now there's freedom. Now I can stretch out again. Now, now I can, now I can move in your will again. Now, now I can do what you've called me to do because I've put off the old shell, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what is ahead, Paul says. He says, I considered all that a loss. I can, I can throw away that old shell and not even miss it because of the new things God is doing in my life. Come on, is there anybody here that's getting a little cramped in the shell you're currently in? Like, you just wish you could put your arms out a little bit. You just wish you could breathe a little bit better. Just wish you could wake up in the morning and just, just just, not be cramped up. But wish you could wake up in the morning and go, Lord, I'm free to do what you've called me to do. I will not limit myself anymore. You know, I, I'm kind of bad for this in, in some aspects of my life. Like, we've lived in the same house for almost 16 years, haven't we? yeah. 16 years. I'm staying there. You know why? Because I figure I like I know the layout so well now after 16 years, I can close my eyes and walk through the house and not anything. So I figure I'm good when I get old and blind. <laughs> why move? Why why would I not just be okay with it? Why like I'm fine with where I'm living. I'm fine with what's like I'm just fine with it. I'm just fine with it. And and so So what happens is if I'm not careful, I can let that penetrate in other areas of my life just as I'm content. Oh, remember last week? You gotta know what to be content about. And I'm just content and I don't, I don't want to grow anymore. I don't, Lord, I don't want you to stretch me anymore. I don't want to, I like the shell I'm in. It's comfortable. I'm used to it. I've been in it a long time. That's how people know me. Mm. And God the whole time is saying, I'd like you to throw that thing off. I'd like you to throw that thing off. Moses, that's not how I want you to be known. I don't want you to be known as just the guy who, who was the prince of Egypt at one time and then made some mistakes and knives on the backs. I don't want that to be the last of your story. I want you to be known as the guy who led Israel out of Egypt. But you're going to have to kick off that shell you're in right now. You're going to have to get over the fact that you stutter. You're going to have to get over the fact that you don't feel adequate. You're going to have to get over all of that. And what's that going to mean? It's going to mean you're going to have to toss that shell off and be vulnerable for a second. And let me get you into a different shell where there's room to spread out and grow. And Moses, thank God, did that. But I believe I'm looking across the group of people who can do the same thing. Because I know, if I know anything, I know in order for Hedgesville Church to reach more people with the gospel next year than we have this year for us to go farther out into the world next year than we did this year. I know that we're going to have to grow out of a shell that we're going to have to kick off the shell we're currently in and let God lead us to a shell that's going to fit for the next year because we have to get bigger. We have to, not just numerically, but in our mindset, we have to advance the gospel. It's, it's not an, it's not a, well, I like doing it today. It's the mandate on our lives that more people should hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we throw off the shell that restricts us today and trade it for a shell that God has given us for tomorrow. But here's the thing. That's not a one time deal. That's one not a one-time deal. That's a cycle in our lives. And the thing about, the beauty about cycles is that is that if you throw off a shell and get into a new shell, throw off a shell, get into a new shell, throw off a shell, get into a new shell, throw off a shell, get into a new shell, you're guaranteed to never stop growing. Now, now, let me say something about this. I, I, I invited the, the um, seniors group over to my house the other night. We had some pot roast. I fixed it, it was good. It was good. And I was keenly aware that there were people in that group that were 30 years older than me, 40 years older than me, that had not stopped growing. And I thought, ooh, ooh, I wonder what they did. I wonder wonder how they got comfortable with switching shells all the time. I wonder how they got comfortable with doing that all the time, over and over. And I realized that there was a woman there that I told you about that was 60 years older than me, literally, who was still throwing off a shell. And the only thing I could come up with is this. Paul says that I considered all that a loss compared to the greatness of knowing Christ. See, see, I've got to define why I'm throwing the shell off. Is it, am I throwing the shell off just to get a bigger house? Am I throwing the shell off just to do this? No. Paul said, I will consider all that loss. I'll throw this shell off to get another shell because of the greatness of knowing him. Because of the greatness, why God grabbed hold of me, I'm going to find, I'm going to fulfill all that stuff he's called. So I'll continue to grow, whatever it takes, continue to grow, continue to grow, I'll continue to stretch, continue to do all those things. Because knowing him and growing in him is worth anything else. I'm not sure you're convinced of that. Can I be transparent with you? I'm not sure a season in my life I'm convinced of that. Because I'm telling you one thing, there's some shells I got a great couch in. You know what I'm saying? You just get nice. You just kick back in it. And you're like, God, if you could just leave me here forever, I'd be really good with that. And then he comes to the door. He says, hey, man, moving crew's here. I got something else for you. I got something else I need you to do. Lord, I miss couch fits, and I got Netflix in here, and I ain't done watching my show. Yeah, but Chris, I gotta move you. I gotta move you out of that show into the next one because of because of what I've called you to do. I gotta move you out of that show in the next one because of what I've called you to do. And and you've seen in first service we had we had Brad Fultz on the screen, a guy a guy who could do anything, had a great career, all that stuff. And and God said, the moving crew's here, Brad. I'm calling you to Central America. Oh, you just thought it was a local move. He said, the moving crew's here, Brad. I'm calling you to Central America. And Brad went, okay, pack it up. We're moving out of this shell Moving into where you want us to be. We're going to grow in this season. We're going to, we're going to not hold back. I'll count all that career as loss for the greatness of knowing you. Can you imagine the people will, will be next year if we count the greatness of knowing Christ worth moving out of any shell we're currently in? If we really put it up to that level where we could say, you know what? Nothing else in my life is worth sticking around in this same context. The idea that, that it will get better if I move out of what I feel like is better. I, I love the transparency in this letter where, where, they say, where they say, I have things I want to spend that money on. I like money. I have things I want to spend that money on, but the greatness of knowing you and your plan for my life. I'm willing to crawl out of the things that I want and crawl into the shell of the things that you want. I'm willing to do it every time. Lord, teach us how to grow. Teach us how to grow. Teach us how to grow. Teach us how to trade the shell for the bigger one. Teach us how to trade our shell that we've made for the one that you've made for us. Teach us how to transition, Lord, well. Teach us how to do that. And I'm telling you this. If as a church we will make that commitment, you won't recognize the shell we live in next year you'll be like, what? This couch is way better. (laughs) Way better. Stand to your feet. I want to say one last thing. Watch this. My wife and I have had our bed. I don't know. How long have we had our bed? Five, ten, ten years? No, five years? So, I got, a, I got a spot in my bed. Anybody got a spot in your bed? You know, you lay down, and you're just like, wow. I need to go on a diet because my bed is suffering. <laughs> like, I got a, it's my side. It goes down. Okay, watch this. If you asked me, is my bed fine, I would say, yeah, it's fine. When I lay down on it, I go to sleep. I don't know what else a bed's supposed to do. I lay down on it, I go to sleep. When I come home from work, it's still there. It's doing its job. Still soft. When I push my hands on it, it still kind of goes in. The cat still jumps on it. God, I wish he would fix that. Here's the issue, though. If I never go to a mattress store and lay on a better bed, I'll never know. I could lay on that bed of mine till Jesus comes back and have back problems, not get good sleep, snore and keep my wife up, which means I'll never get a good sleep. I have no idea of how my current context is affecting me because I never experienced anything else. I'm just fine to sleep in the same old thing I've been sleeping in. I'm just fine to accept the same old reality I've been accepting the same old limitations, the same old drudgery, the same old, same old, same old thing. Well, it's just, is it a good bench or it was a good bed? That moment you walk into a mattress store and you lay down on a, like a $5,000 bed, I don't even know if they make them. They may. And the thing goes. Like my wife can hit the button and I stop snoring. Got a little back pain. Elevation on my legs. Next thing you know, you're taking out a loan for the new one, right? Listen to me. Listen to me. What I'm trying to tell you is God has something better for you if you crawl out of what you're in. If you determine in your heart that you're going to grow and that the greatness of knowing him surpasses everything that you've previously accomplished or could accomplish. That if I stay on track and I want to know him more, I want to know him more and crawl out from under that thing you have put over yourself, that thing you've been comfortable with that's been giving you back aches for years. If you just crawl out from under it and into a new thing that God wants for you, his goodness, his mercy, and you determine to grow this year in him, You'll be able to say like, Paul, I once counted that gain, but now compared to knowing him, I counted his loss. I once used to think that was the best bet I could lay my head down on, but now I know there's something better. And I will consider that gain in one season and loss in another for the sake of knowing him. Amen? Come on, let's pray that way this morning. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you have not left us in the same spot that you have not just just put us off, God, but you have a plan for us to c- keep growing. And Lord, if we could put off the old shell, Lord, that even that we created for ourselves, if we could just put it off and realize that you have something better for us, that you have a new identity in Christ, that you have blessings yet that we don't even realize in our lives, Lord, that you are for us and with us and any momentary pain of putting off the past is incomparable to the greatness of knowing you. Anything that we could have boasted about before is incomparable to the greatness of growing in you. Lord, we ask today that you would help us shed our old skin, Lord, for the sake of the identity that you want to give us, God, for where you want us to go and do and become, Lord. We pray that would be our focus from this moment forward, God, and nothing else would hinder us from knowing you more. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and praise this morning?